Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360 COVID-19 series on March 24th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. This is a special edition of the South Bay Show, sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber, to cover topics specific to the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, we, we certainly hope that this will be of great value to all of you out there. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning, Joe. How are you? It's Tuesday. Uh, I don't usually talk to you on a Tuesday. It's usually Friday no, morning. No, no. That's I know. right. This is a special, a special edition. Uh, I think um, it really, obviously, this, this pandemic uh, situation uh, requires a lot of communication with members of the chamber, and a lot of, there are a lot of things to announce and to communicate out there to the, to the general public and the, the membership, and, and I think it's great to uh, have another show in the day on Tuesdays to cover this, uh, this, uh, all these topics. Well, I couldn't agree more. And you know, last Friday after we hung up from the the normal regular Friday show, and you called me and said, "Hey, let's do another show during the week. What do you think?" <laughs> um, right, right. I was like, "Yes, yes, yes, and yes. When can we?" I it is you know we are in information <clears throat> overflow, not overload. Um, I think you know we're disseminating through it. Um, very well, uh, you know, it being a chamber of commerce, and I know my colleagues in other beach cities um, are sharing the same, you know, responsibilities. You know, we have access to, of course, our membership in the local community. Um, the city council is looking to us to help share proper, you know, messaging. Uh, we're dealing with our local and regional officials. Uh, we're dealing with county department of health. I'm dealing with state entities, and then I sit on a U.S. Chamber of Commerce conference call at least a couple times a week. So we're getting, and of course, the barrage of emails that we're all getting and press releases. So you know, we get so much information, and you know, it's I'm every day I'm like, okay. You know, what's most important? What are we sharing? Um, and not that we're withholding anything, but trying to figure out a way to condense the information and message mm-hmm. that out. And I think that's our role, and people are looking to us right now to help them with that. Um, I get it's, – it's remarkable. I'm getting texts from numbers that I've never seen. I'm like, who is this? You know, <laughs> um, phone calls, mm-hmm. emails, everything. Um, people – the questions run the game. Gamut, you know, um, everything from who's still serving food to, you know, how can I get a small business loan to are the beaches closed? I mean, the information, you know, is constant. And, and I truly do love that people feel the Chamber of Commerce is um, a credible source and, you know, mm-hmm. they look to us for that information. So um, I think, you know, we're thriving, we're in our groove, and we're really trying to uh, offer 
you know, assistance, um, information, and hopefully, you know, start turning the tide a little bit for some creative, you know, ideas for people um, during this time. Um, there's nothing right. normal about right. it, as I said, and, um, you know, we're navigating uncharted waters. So uh, I appreciate you reaching out and offering the opportunity to be able to do a second show a week because um, I, the information, you know, we could probably do three shows, but I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, we have so much information. Uh, it's, you know, it's great. And we have so many members who are experts in different fields to be able to, you know, bring that kind of trusted, you know, sources and information and expertise to the listeners um, is, you know, we're happy to do that. And I know the members are happy to do so also. So um, it's extraordinary times, and, uh, but we're all navigating it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. now, Kelly, it is Tuesday. You know what Tuesdays are, right? Um, Taco Tuesday, Takeout Tuesday. Oh, wait, Takeout Tuesday. It's takeout Tuesday. Yeah. I think this is a. Uh, I think this is a uh, initiative yeah. sponsored by the governor. Um, you know what? I I do not. Ha- I have not had time or taken the time, I should yeah. say, <laughs> yeah. to read all the background on it. But uh, for those listening, uh, and maybe even for those who are listening a week from now when they're listening to the, you know, on, on the web somewhere, um, today, uh, March 24th, is the Great American Takeout. And it, this is a movement um, by the restaurants, and the Restaurant Association, I believe, is also behind this, to oh. um, a call to order to ask, everyone just to place one takeout order today from a restaurant that obviously is still, you know, serving uh, and doing takeout food. No one can do dine-in. It's all takeout or delivery. But it's called the Great American Takeout. And, um, excuse me, I posted it on our Facebook page early this morning on the Manhattan Beach Chamber Facebook page. Um, You're going to see it popping up all over social media all day long. Um, If you're wondering... In Manhattan Beach, and we have a few surrounding restaurants listed on there, who's still open, who's still doing takeout, you can go to our website, ManhattanBeachChamber.com. One of the first uh, sliders that will pop up on our website is called Meals to Go MB. Uh, If you click on that, um, up will pop a list of restaurants that are doing um, takeout and delivery. You will see there are restaurants in some of our nearby towns, Hermosa, there's a few restaurants, El Segundo, there's a few too. Um, anybody who calls and says, hey, can I be on your Meals to Go MB page, um, honestly, whether they're in Manhattan Beach or not or whether they're a member right now or not, we are taking them, we are helping them, and we're offering that service. So, everybody, today is Great American Takeout. Do your takeout order, hopefully from your favorite restaurant, and if not, there's probably one nearby. Check out our website, right. Meals to Go MB, for that list, or simply just call your favorite restaurant or look on their social media and I'm sure you'll see who's doing it. But wow, if everybody could just order one takeout meal, what a difference it would make to the restaurant world and to all those workers today. Now, uh, it's strange how these things work, but uh, Takeout Tuesday is not only a great uh, uh, benefit to many of these restaurants, but think of all the, the delivery drivers that Mm -hmm. uh, can be hired. All of these uh, 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 people that can get additional income from helping these restaurants provide these uh, deliveries, I think, is going to be uh, part of the story that we're going to hear about. And I I'm, agree. I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. Yes, and if you can, tip generously. Everybody, you know, is doing the best they can. And um, right. I love, right. you know, we, we've gone from – Oh, my gosh. You know, shut down in crisis mode to uh, now people, you know, kind of getting back into the mode of creating interesting ways to help um, or to serve or to get involved. And I love this. Uh, the Great American Takeout. It's, um, <laughs> I suspect it might become, you know, the Great American Takeout Tuesday every Tuesday. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, right. There is um, there's another thing that's happening today that I do want to mention. Um, our One of our 
you know, favorite businesses in downtown Manhattan Beach, Tabula Rasa Essentials. We've had Maureen McBride on uh, the show several times before. Um, Tabula Rasa is a wonderful gift store uh, that's been open for 20, actually going on 21 years. Um, she is involved in the L.A. Rams and KABC uh, Tell La, as an L.A., Telathon, uh, benefiting the United Way of Greater Los Angeles and the Pandemic Relief Fund. Um, she has an angel donor, um, I believe one of her wonderful longtime clients, an angel donor that is going to de- donate today only $25 towards the fund for every $75 or more um, that is spent on the Tabula Rasa Essentials website. Um, Maureen has, uh, and the store has many, many candles, soaps, gifts. Um, you can make custom, like these wood postcards. There's um, ha- housewares, there's books, there's cookbooks, there's all sorts of things that you can order. So go to tabularasaessentials.com, um, order up, and um, this angel donor will donate $25 for every $75 towards the uh, United Way Greater Los Angeles Pandemic Relief Fund. So what a great way to um, to give back. Oh, and by the way, Tabula Rasa, if you uh, want to go and pick up your order, they're doing curbside you know, delivery uh, or you know takeout, so to speak, of the, the store. Mm-hmm. And hey, they're right next door or a couple doors down from Arthur J., which is doing delicious takeout for uh, the Great American Takeout. So kind of a win-win. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love these things. They're pop. They're starting to pop up. People are getting their creative, right. you know, juices on here. And uh, right. um, those are two wonderful ways to um, contribute um, today. Today, March twenty-fourth. Tuesday, March twenty-fourth. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with that, uh, uh, Kelly, you have um, a uh, whole lineup of people that we're going to be talking to on these special editions on Tuesday, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, series. But today is one of those topics that I was just talking with a relative from uh, Texas, and she was just lamenting uh, looking at her 401k. And she was saying Mm -hmm. how, you know, frightening it was looking at it because of the, of the, uh, reduced value. So you have a special guest. Who's our special guest today? We do have a very special guest. Thank you, Joe. Our guest today is Spencer Kelly. Along with his business partner, uh, Russell Moberg, founded Regatta Capital Group in 2007. They set out to build a company that put the client above all else. The independent boutique wealth management firm has been built on the values of delivering extraordinary client service and exceptional investment results. Today, they are a 13-person firm with seven total advisors that manage over $425 million for their clients. As a registered investment advisor, Regatta is 100% independent and has a fiduciary responsibility to act in their clients' best interests. They do not charge commissions, nor do they have any proprietary products. Their clients are big and small, local and across the country, individuals, small businesses, and nonprofit organizations. Spencer grew up in the Adirondacks in upstate New York and earned a finance degree from Boston College in 1999. He has held his CFP designation for over 10 years. Um, I will say Spencer is also on the board of directors for the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce, and I happen to know he's an avid soccer player and fan. So, Spencer, are you there? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be here. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the introduction, and I just want to say right out of the gate here, just a big thank you to you, Kelly, and to the entire chamber and your team for stepping up uh, right now in this crisis that we've found ourselves in. Uh, the content that you've been pushing out has been really valuable to us as a local small business owner, and uh, personally, I really do believe that we need the chamber more than ever and uh, the work that you are doing is incredibly helpful. There's just so much happening, so much content, so much information to absorb, and to have the information that you're putting in front of us consolidated, succinct, um, and easy to comprehend and access has been really helpful. So thank you. Well, 
Thank you. Um, that was that was a that was a wonderful endorsement. Uh, that, that, I swear that was not rehearsed, Joe. Uh, that was Spencer. Thank you. No. I I do sincerely appreciate that. And, it's sincere. I, yeah, I mean it. we are trying hard over here. It 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 is uh, amazing to have a production partner like the Manhattan Beach Chamber, uh, Kelly and her team really do provide a, a great resource, not just to their members, you know, uh, who are uh, uh, part of the family, but to the entire community. So um, it's time that we addressed COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic in the large and, and, and addressed more of those issues. Now, Spencer, first of all, most people don't even know what an RIA is. And they think, Spencer, most people think that their stockbroker or their financial advisor duty-bound, legally bound to uh, uh, look after their best interests. But that's not true, is it? Surprisingly, it's not. I heard a stat that I think less than 8% of financial advisors are truly 100% independent. And when we set up Regatta Capital Group in 2007, one of the big focuses that we had is that we wanted to be independent. We wanted to have that fiduciary responsibility to our client. And uh, it's been one of our guiding lights. And thankfully, the industry has improved and more and more advisors are um, setting up shop as a, an RIA or registered investment advisory firm um, where they are not brokers and they're not beholden to their firm first, but they are beholden to their client first. And it's uh, we need to do more as an industry, but I've been very proud of, of the work that's been done. And we certainly are very proud of how we've set up Regatta Capital Group. Right. It's uh, It goes without saying, uh, here in the South Bay, there's lots of resources for financial advice. Obviously, uh, there's lots of real estate uh, uh, brokers and, and agents and so forth. But tell us, what Regatta Capital start and when and, and how was it formed and, and uh, what uh, what do you guys do there? Regatta Capital Group was started in 2007. My business partner, Russell, and I met while we were working at Edward Jones. And what an incredible company Edward Jones is. I have great friends who are still there now, and I, I love the firm. Um, the motivation for Russell and I to set up our own firm was we wanted to work as a team. We wanted to be independent. Uh, we wanted to have that fiduciary standard to our clients. And frankly, if you recall history, it was, in hindsight, a very tough time to set up the firm. Uh, I've been in the business since 2003, Russell since 2000. And uh, when we made that transition, sure enough, a year later, we were staring at uh, a generational financial crisis with uh, uh, the banking crisis of 2008, 2009. And we got through that proudly, um, worked very hard on spending a lot of time with our clients and uh, uh, being there to help them get through that. And we've been able to, to build and grow the firm since then. And it's been 100% organic. Uh, we have not raised equity. We have not taken on debt. It's been a, um, just a, a growth that's been dictated by just serving each client well and by doing right by each client. And we have, goodness, probably about 700 households that we work with now, and we manage about $425 million. And we have our main office here in El Segundo, a branch office in Westchester, and a branch office in Brentwood, seven total advisors, and our support team. And we call ourselves a family. We're the Regatta family, and we, we view our relationships with our clients in the same fashion. And uh, um, we're just out there trying to spend a lot of time with our clients. Um, we're holistic financial planners. We spend a lot of time up front understanding the big picture of each, each client's own unique situation. And, um, and before we ever build an investment plan, we, we have extensive conversations around where they're at, how they got to where they are, where they want to go. 
and um, mm-hmm. and then we and then we build plans from there. It's it's a time when people look to the past, and I and I have to tell you, of course, uh, I'm 60 years old, and and I've never seen a time like this uh, in my life. Um, I know that uh, even uh, venerable uh, entrepreneurs and investors like Warren Buffett uh, has said that uh, you know 89 years he's he 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 thought he had seen it all. He certainly uh, has seen uh, a great deal, but he said that this is something new. Give us some context, Spencer, for what is going on now with not just the U.S. economy but many economies around the world being shut down, shuttered on purpose. Give us context for where this fits in the 1987 Black Monday crash in the 2008-2009 in the Great Depression. Where does this time rate? As of yesterday, we just had the quickest fall in the stock market ever. The, the stock market has pulled back and fallen and crashed uh, 30 to 35%, depending on whether you're measuring it by the Dow or the S&P, quicker than it ever has. And that is the, the magnitude and the veracity and the speed in which this has all unfolded has, is just absolutely unprecedented. And, it's frightening. It's scary. There is, there seems to be nothing but unknown, and uh, it's, uh, it absolutely. I, I was talking to a, a fellow financial advisor yesterday, uh, saying that I had thought and hoped that 2008 was that generational crisis that was going to be the only one that I'd have to manage money through, and here we are, um, 12 years later, uh, staring this in the eye, and it's, it's. Um, hard to wrap our head around frankly there's so much that's happened so quickly and to your point to see i mean basically uh, a shutdown of of our economy of the global economy and here in the united states uh our economy is driven by the consumer 70 percent of our gdp is is because of uh of the consumer and that hit is going to be massive to our economy and uh Mm. It is. It's uh, it's it's quite remarkable, um, and we we are taking it very seriously. And it's it's um, there's just been a lot of information to absorb. And today, in particular, I mean, the market is having a very strong day, which is nice to have. And it, the markets are waiting on a uh, confirmed stimulus package from from the government. So, a lot mm-hmm. to a lot to mm-hmm. digest. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 the typical explanations are simple for the market. When the market's going up, people are buying. When the market's going down, people are selling. They're selling into cash. They're mm-hmm. selling into, into U.S. treasuries and, and other instruments that are, quote, unquote, more uh, stable or, or uh, whatever, secure. What do you see now? Mm-hmm as the best way for ordinary people to weather this market? How can, you know, the typical homeowner with some investments of various kinds uh, or even people that are renters, how can they uh, look at their 401k and what should they do? It's a great question. And uh, that is literally every conversation that we are having um, every day with our clients. So much of it is client by client. So if you think through, there's a lot that I want to touch on here. I, I had a conversation yesterday with a client that felt like he was just sick of, quote, unquote, doing nothing and just holding tight. And I wanted to remind him that if you have done your work ahead of time, you have not done nothing. We need to give each individual credit for the work that we've done leading into this in terms of financial planning. And these crises go through different stages. So what you have in the beginning is for the individual, there's recognition that something's going wrong. 
this virus is real, it's heading our way, but every individual knows, right? Hold strong, don't sell, we've built a good plan, buy and hold, and that is, everybody is usually very proud of, of, of sticking to that and knowing what they're supposed to do. Nine times out of 10, and you've made the right decision. When you're in a crisis like this, it's been very clear that certainly if we could all roll back time, it would have been nice to move to cash a month ago. So mm-hmm. stage two is this recognition of what is happening. And, and last week in particular, I started to see the mom and pop, the retail investor, begin to wave the white flag. I can't do it anymore. I can't see my account go down anymore. I don't want it to go to zero. I don't want to lose everything that I've built. And it's in this stage two where I get concerned that the individual investor will make that catastrophic mistake to their financial plan. And it's in this stage that we're in right now where you start to see signs of capitulation, where folks just, like I said, wave that white flag and give up. And and then they make the big mistake. Um, so we're in that stretch right now. And it's all happening very quickly, quicker than it's ever happened historically. What we'll see after this stretch is some stabilization. And you'll see a trading range. And it might last a couple of weeks. It might last many months. And then at some point, there'll be a clear sign and anticipation that there will be a recovery. And one of the big things that we're stressing to our clients is that it's a time to review your plan. And I don't want to be dismissive and we're not sitting here blindly optimistic. There are, like you said, people selling who is selling right now. You have traders, you have short-term investors, you have wall street hedge funds doing a lot of trading or selling, right? Two, you have Mm -hmm. folks who unfortunately, need the money or potentially need the money. And they've probably learned a tough lesson where they might have had money in the stock market that probably should not have been there. And uh, you're seeing folks who need to sell. The third person who is selling probably is selling out of fear and selling because they're scared, which is totally, I get it. It's absolutely justified, but that is when you, individuals need to pause and say, wait, do I need this money? And again, it's not a time to do nothing. It's not a time to be blindly optimistic. If you need the money immediately or in the very foreseeable future, it's okay to adjust. It's okay to make a change. But this idea that there needs to be this blanket, all or nothing, black or white decision to get me out can be catastrophic to a a financial plan. So, Mm -hmm. Hmm. What we're doing with our clients is we're not sitting idle. We're not, we're taking action. We're adjusting portfolios. Um, we're reducing risk where that's appropriate. If clients need to raise cash, then that's what we need to do to ensure the financial plan works. And uh, it's also a time for individuals and families to stress test their own cash flow, their own cash cushion. The biggest risk that we see right now is career risk. And uh, we're pushing our clients to, to be frank with themselves, is your income in jeopardy? Is your job in jeopardy? Uh, if so, we need to know. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so those, there's a lot that we're doing on that front, and, and it is very much client by client. Um, but we have to keep perspective, and our job here is to keep a level head and uh, focus on the plan that was put in place and, and ensure that clients adjust, make some decisions if they need to, that we avoid big catastrophic mistakes to portfolios. Right. Right. When, when you think about, I mean, you know, I, I always bring up the, the, at this point, uh, you know, obviously uh, many people consider Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors, uh, greatest living investors. And he has often said over the last, I would say two years, that he's going into cash because uh, he saw what was happening in the Dow and, and the S&P 500 as the classic signal that if a downturn occurred, 
bargains would be available. In other words, whenever you're seeing, you know, a 10-year, 11-year bull run, he and others were be, would be saying, hey, this is not normal. You can't go this long going up and up and up and not see a downturn. And when it happens, I want to have a lot of cash so I can buy a lot of bargains. What were you giving uh, as guidance for your clients over the last three, four, five years? Because it's been a bull run for the ages, 10, 11 years. Great question. And certainly it's nice to have that cash, especially when the markets drop. Um, you know, there's many great quotes from Warren Buffett. Uh, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Buy when there is blood in the streets and uh, and so on. And to have cash and dry powder is, is uh, extremely valuable right now. The advice that we've been giving and what we learned from managing money through 08 is that we needed to be more diversified. Um, and it was it was hard to see clients' accounts drop the way that they did in 2008. And we stayed the course and got through it, but boy, did it take a lot of discipline and and it was it was very challenging. So we have been actively adding real estate to clients' accounts. We have been uh, more aware of the importance of um, using alternative strategies, private equity, bonds, um, and, and many different variations of fixed income and bond investments. And and frankly, proper financial planning starts with cash. So we always would revisit clients cash flow statements and balance sheets at every single interaction and client meeting to make sure that they had the right amount of cash. And because the biggest mistakes that I want to avoid with clients is that I never want to be in a situation where we're forced to sell something at the wrong time. And two of the biggest mistakes that clients make and investors make is they, they take their short-term money and they put it in long-term investments or they keep long-term money think about your 401k and your IRA in short-term investments. And if we can help clients avoid those two mistakes, it, it can go a long way. Right. Right. And right. I want to, I want to come back to, if I may, Joe, come back really quickly to one point about, you know, is it time to, you know, what should folks do with their 401k? And I want to address that specifically because it is top of mind. Mm-hmm. Do not, stop contributing to your 401k. One of the absolute best things that you can do right now is to continue to dollar cost average, to continue to make those contributions each paycheck, as long as you still, of course, you know, hopefully are maintaining that job. And the government is working extremely hard to, to ensure that when we get back up and running, that those jobs are hopefully there waiting, waiting for us. But individuals need to continue to add to their 401k. Um, it's not a time to, to, uh, to ignore it, look at it, make sure it's in a good balanced plan. Do not move it to cash. Do, do not make a decision solely based on fear. And uh, when you try to time the market, it's incredibly difficult because you have to make not just one, but two really well-timed decisions. It's the decision to get out, which might feel really good today. It might make you feel good today and sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. But, it can be a big mistake long-term. So then the second right decision is when to get back in. And I can tell you, frankly, from experience, that especially that person who does initially take money out, when it's time for them to put money back in, things will look worse just by the very definition of it. It will be even worse to have the gumption to then put money back in at that time is incredibly difficult. It takes two very well-timed decisions. It's Virtually, I'm not going to say impossible, but incredibly challenging to pull off. Mm-hmm. That's that is the, the 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 message that I think people really need to hear most is uh, this is not a time for you know sort of um, I would say strange and <laughs> and hail uh, mary passes. There's no need for that. Um, the president has said, and I, I certainly believe that the market will come back um, if you've planned properly. You're 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 able to ride it out. You your allocations will be valid in the future. 
this is a this is unprecedented territory. Um, I don't know, uh, Kelly, if you if you have uh, fielded these kinds of questions uh, for other members of the chamber, but um, the general sense of uh, panic out there in the market is quite high. How have you been answering some of these uh, questions that people have, have raised? I'm sure people have discussed it. You know, my 401k, my 401k. Um, Yes, and the answer is I definitely do not answer them. I I refer them, you know, to someone like Spencer, like the Regatta um, Capital Group, or or their, you know, I say call your, you know, financial advisor. Um, If they don't have one, we're happy to refer out to um, members, you know, that are in that business. Um, Just like I always say, if you have a toothache, you don't pull the tooth yourself. You go to the dentist and have them, you know, fix your tooth. So. um, I think what's important in any situation, whatever the topic is during these times, always, but particularly during these times, is to go to your trusted sources and your experts who can give you sound, calm advice. Um, I really admire Spencer. You're, Spencer, you're so calm and you're you're just giving you know excellent guidance to people, and that's just having a calm demeanor is so important right now. Um, I, you know, some of the questions that I have seemed to be recurring in the last uh, week or so, um, you know, they, it's interesting. They, they span the spectrum from um, like young millennials who are um, maybe investing via Acorns or some of the online app Spencer um, to uh, people, you know, um, in my, in my age group who have um, 529 plans for their, you know, uh, children's college funds. And they're wondering how in the world they're going to be able to afford, you know, um, college for their kids. You know, if, if that fund is going to be, um, wiped out um, to, of course, you know, the senior group, and this is a source of their income right now. So let's start, Spencer, if we can, with the young, um, let's just say college graduate or, you know, young millennial who, um, God bless them, is trying to save money. They've started out on the right path. Um, you know, I can I can say my son, my oldest son is one of them. Uh, he just graduated last year. He's you know he's got a job. He's working. He's been you know, he's been using Acorn right now. That's what works for him right now, um, and he's yeah. been very actively involved in it. And but at least he's doing something. He's he's been saving a ton of money. You know, through and whether it's Acorn or something else, whatever you know, however it's doing. What is your um, you know, any words of guidance for that young person who's just starting out and starting to save appropriately? Absolutely. And we work with, uh, we have many clients in that, that, that age group. And I, for many of them, obviously, just because of their age, they have not had money invested through a crisis like this. They did not have money invested and, and were not working during the 2008 crisis. And it's it, Absolutely unnerving. And uh, I tell folks that there's two trade-offs when it comes to investing. If you really, you can, everybody can just keep their money in at the bank in cash and it feels safe. But once you decide that you have the right amount there and that you have money that you want to grow, there are two trade-offs. You either have to be willing to tie your money up, think like a real estate investment. So there's this illiquidity premium. Or you have to be willing to deal with volatility. And those are the two trade-offs. When you decide that you're ready to invest and put money to work, you have to make those two trade-offs. And for young investors, this is an opportunity for them to really learn the benefit of dollar cost averaging. They have nothing but time on their side with their retirement dollars, with their long-term dollars. So let me be clear about that because I've also seen you know, some complacency in that age group where investing – understandably because we are in this incredible bull market becomes fun and even easy and they might have had some money invested in the market that really was for a future down payment in a couple years and there probably are some tough lessons being learned about the importance of where to invest dollars because the timeline of what that money is for becomes just incredibly important to proper investing into a proper financial plan but 
to Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401k money for the younger generation, this is an opportunity to buy low. They have time on their side. They have to continue to add or even increase their ability and push themselves to, to buy. Go, go buy great companies that we know will survive this, um, this crisis and uh, that we know will be around and, and learn the importance of, of investing because um, the law of compounding becomes incredibly powerful if you can start early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it does, and I, you know, I think there's many people who all wish they had started earlier, right? Um, and to and to that note, um, it's never too late to start, correct? Never too late to start, absolutely. And I hear all too often that you know, I'm going to wait to get a financial advisor, or wait to do financial planning, or wait to even invest until you know I, I have enough money. And gosh, that just pains me. I. I we love working with small clients who, who are excited about setting money aside. You know, $100 a month, $500 a month, uh, a $5,000 mm-hmm. account. Get started. Begin to invest. As long as that money is being invested for the right reasons and it's money that's for the long term, get it working. And especially now at the end of last year, the entire industry removed all commissions. So even if you have your own self-directed account at Schwab and you want to buy one share of Google. There used to be a commission on that that Schwab would keep and every institution would keep. It does not exist anymore. So you can quite literally open an account for free. You can buy one share of Google and there are zero fees. Schwab doesn't make a penny. Google doesn't make a penny off of it. You have every dollar that you put into that account goes towards buying that stock. So they, the industry has um, made some nice changes that allow it to be very easy for smaller, newer, younger investors to, to get in the market. So it's a, it's a great time in that regard. <clears throat> okay. Um, I hope all the young kids are listening. And let, <laughs> <laughs> they, I hope so. They, they really they, they need to – um, to understand that there's there's opportunity um, in situations like this, and uh, and that I, I just want them to believe in the in the power of, of being investors and the power of planning and uh, uh, that they have time on their side. Uh, to your other two categories there, so you have <clears throat> five two nine accounts, mm-hmm. college planning. You know, we here as a firm, a hundred percent of the five two nine money that we have invested for our clients is in, is in age-based portfolios because, um, gosh, you do not want to have all of that money in stocks when you know that that child is going to college in two years. Um, it's even more important than retirement, frankly, because there is this definitive day when that student goes to college, and then there's a four-year span typically where that money is going to be used. So you have to, and this is, this is advice that no, I wish we could wind back the clock probably for some, but you got to make sure that that money is ex- very conservative as those children get older because there is this definitive date. You can't really push it back or not significantly, and then there's a short time period where it's all used. It's very different than retirement. I hear folks saying the retirees out there, well, I'm going to retire in five years. Fair, but in, that, in five years from now when you retire, you're not using every penny in year one, you're not using every penny in five years. That money can, needs to continue to grow, even if it's conservatively, for your entire lifetime. And there is flexibility with how long you work for. So, um, you know, a crisis like this, unfortunately, will cause some folks to have to work longer to adjust their their retirement plans. Um, but it, it, it does not mean give up on a financial plan. It does not mean give up on investing. It just means uh, we need to 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 work harder to really look at that financial plan and to believe in the power of long-term investing uh, with the right dollars. So hmm. basically, stay the course, and, don't panic. Um, right. It, yeah, and, and and keep moving forward. Yes. So, um, Tell you me know, if I, if I may, sure, if I may. Of course, I I, mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that one of the messages that I deliver is that it's not a time to just cover your eyes and stay the course. We are looking for opportunities to upgrade portfolios. We are having conversations with clients about their careers. 
it's, it's um, we do believe that if you've invested money for the right reasons for the long term, you want to and need to keep that money working for you and invested. But it is, it's not a time to just blindly stay the course, but it is a time to trust in your financial plan and trust in the long-term plan that you've put in place. And I also want to emphasize that this crisis, obviously, is different than 2008. I've heard some questions about, is my money in, at the bank safe? This is not a banking crisis. This is going to end up being a consumer-driven crisis, and, and our, our lack of spending, understandably, because we're all staying at home, is going to ripple through the economy. But it's not a banking crisis. Money that is in a bank account is safe. You can go get cash from the ATM. The government has taken a four-step approach to this, which they finally have come around on, on, on acting. And frankly, once they started to, they've acted very quickly. Step one was they had to put a plan in place to contain this virus. And you're seeing that play out. And I hope that it is effective, that we're all staying at home and keeping our social distancing will deter and, and, and slow down the spread of this virus. Step two the government had to make sure that the whole thing, the whole economy and the, the financial markets were functioning correctly because that's what did not happen in 2008. Literally, the financial system malfunctioned. And right now, mm -hmm. they have stepped in with, with vigor here and, and quickly. And I don't know if anybody watched six, 60 Minutes on Sunday, but I recommend that you go back and watch that episode. The, the Fed has come in and said, has guaranteed liquidity. So the financial markets will operate and will function correctly, correctly, and the credit market's the same. So that's been very important. Step three and step four is what you're seeing here the past couple of days, which is stepping in to help small businesses, and businesses stay open, hopefully. And, and then step four is looking to benefit and make sure we're taking care of workers and individuals. So the stimulus package and the package that we're hopefully looking for here this morning, which, again, is why the market is up so much today, is – that final step four, which is going to be a plan that's going to protect individuals and workers so that we can stay in our homes and keep renting the apartment that we're renting and have our job waiting for us when we get back to work. And I give the government credit for how quickly they are working. And frankly, it's be partly because of that we went through 2008 and, and kind of fumbled our way through it and stumbled our way through it that we're able to act and be clear with what needs to happen and, it feels like it's not happening quickly enough, but this, I mean, we are three, four weeks into this, and the government has really stepped up here finally and is, um, is hopefully going to put a plan in place today that can, can calm the markets down and give us some confidence that we'll get through this together. Right. Now, I have, uh, we're nearing the end of the conversation, Spencer, and I have uh, a wild card. This, there has been much speculation on. over the okay. Here we go. There's been much speculation over the last ten years, five years, two years, three years since a high thousand dollars in in uh, December 2017 for Bitcoin. What about Bitcoin cryptocurrency as a a portion of your portfolio? Even some large Wall Street Wall Street sorry. Uh, uh, investors have been saying maybe one or two percent of your portfolio in Bitcoin would provide that non-correlated asset advantage. What do you say to that? Definitely a wild card question, but <laughs> okay, I uh, I like it. I'm not an I'm not an expert in that space, but certainly have done a have uh, you know, understand it and have clients that have put money there and. I think you hit it spot on and I'm not opposed if it's in the right proportion mm. and it's the right allocation. It, it really, in my opinion, should not be a core uh, category of a, of a proper financial plan, but 1% and uh, or some version of that, if it fits, I'm, I'm all for there being an aggressive allocation uh, in a client's investment portfolio. It can be a nice hedge. Um, although it's also been hurt pretty badly here in terms of the pricing. But uh, for folks who, who understand it, um, it's okay, as long as it's in the right amount. And, uh, you know, we do believe in diversifying portfolios, and that is one form of diversification along with many other asset classes like gold and, 
and uh, long short funds and different alternative investments. So if it's in the right amount and people understand the risk, then uh, I'm okay with it. But we don't mm-hmm. do it here as a firm. We don't, we don't use uh, cryptocurrency as an asset class with our clients. Um, but I've certainly seen clients that I've gotten comfortable with, with, with that space. Uh, there are things you have to be aware of. There's a little bit less liquidity than people realize in terms of being able to get your money out or make trades. Um, but it's an asset class, uh, and uh, I do believe it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What we have covered... May I add one more thing, Joe? Yes, Sorry. please. I I do think that there will be some positives that come from this. Um, they might not directly immediately impact and improve the economy, but I, I have seen that maybe we all, and I'm guilty of this, run around too much and we're too busy and uh, we're in our cars racing from here to there and in this time that we're in right now, um, I think and hope that our society and our communities recognize and appreciate the importance of downtime and quality time with those that we love and how important it is to get a proper night's sleep and to be healthy and the irony of connecting with those that we care about. I was putting off seeing and talking to friends and family because I was waiting to take a trip. And all of a sudden, I feel more connected to them now than I ever have because of, you know, uh, of hopping on FaceTime and a, a Zoom video with them. And uh, as a society, we're very resilient. We're a positive group. Um, I do believe in, in our country and in our, our, our people's ability to look for the positive in time and get through this together. And uh, so I, I, I do believe that will be the case. And I and I know that we'll, there will be a day when we collectively all get back to work and uh, and continue to work together to get through this. I I would just add that uh, my wife is uh, a piano teacher. She teaches young children and some adults, but primarily young children. And, of course, in the last couple of weeks, she's transitioned from meeting face-to-face in people's homes to video Uh, uh, piano lessons and so we took a walk yesterday because we had the time to she's not going out and doing in-person piano lessons and we saw some neighbors and we stopped and talked to them and it's just it's it's a different way of communicating and connecting to your neighborhood to take a walk you know around the block or uh, several blocks and just see people out and obviously maintain social distance no closer than six feet but but it was it was you know something that i don't think people do a lot now and and it's many reasons obviously uh work and school and there's a time that people are going to connect uh again with their family and neighbors and i think that can be very valuable. Have you have you experienced that, Kelly? Oh, definitely. I, I think um, you know we all we're human. Uh, we are wired and born to uh, need and enjoy human interaction. And uh, human interaction doesn't mean just you know texting <laughs> or posting on social media which we all do and like um but it also means you know seeing people and and congregating and hanging out which right now is obviously challenged uh we need to you know maintain at least 6 feet from each other and i think you know what that does too is that it, I, already it's only been really a week of kind of hardcore you know a lockdown but um we're all we all crave the human spirit and mind and voice and um interaction and I, this is how we got Spencer on the show today he sent me a nice email 
uh, in response to an e-blast the chamber had sent out. Um, I was reading it yesterday morning, and I had already kind of in my mind gone, okay, I need to find time this week to start, you know, reaching out to our members, to our board members, and actually having conversations with them, not just a, a fast email or something, because we've all been working at this fevered pace. And so I paused for a moment. I picked up the phone, and I called Spencer and said, you know, hey, thank you for your message. Um, how are you, and how is this affecting your business? And from from there, which by the way, I think we should, we all need to be doing that of each other, asking people, how are you, and and how can I help, or how is this affecting you? Um, Spencer, had, you know, kind of launched into this wonderful conversation with me, and I found myself just like scribbling down notes about finances and doing like I would keywords. I was like, oh my gosh, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you need to be on our radio show tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it was really honestly because I picked up the phone and called him and said, you know, how are you and mm-hmm. how is this affecting your business? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all crave that human interaction. I know I personally, I love to, to hear someone's voice. Um, texting is good, but a voice is better and, you know, human interaction is best for me. So I think we all need to um, put down, you know, the phone, um, the texting occasionally and dial the number and actually talk to people during this time too. Right, right. Agreed. It's it's amazing times ahead. This is um, unprecedented uh, territory, um, you know, the, the larger issues out there in the world are that the Olympics are going to be postponed for a year. And this is something that the Japanese have struggled, struggled with mightily um, after a decade of preparation, if not two decades of preparation. Uh, uh, perhaps they, they've been trying previously and did not win it and then tried again. And now they had won the, the Olympics, and now they're postponing it for a year. But still, it's going to happen. It's just going to be delayed a little. And uh, so these are, these are extraordinary times. Uh, any final thoughts, Spencer? And certainly we want your contact information. We want people to be able to find you if they have further questions and want to engage with a registered investment advisor, someone who has legal fiduciary responsibilities to act in your best interest. How do they get in touch with you, Spencer? They can give us a call at 310-725-9102. And uh, folks are welcome to send me an email as well. Uh, Spencer at regattainvest.com, R-E-G-A-T-T-A-I-N-V-E-S-T.com. And, and I just encourage everybody to, to reach out to their own advisors, and there are incredible advisors out there, at, and I want individuals to, to not act in fear, but to review their financial plan, uh, to take a breath. The, what always concerns me is that you get folks who act in fear yesterday, and then they miss out on a day like today. And if you miss out on too many days like today, you're making – decisions to your portfolio that will forever hinder the financial plan. So um, make sure you find that balance of positive news. And, uh, and I do believe in time that we will get through this together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, uh, Kelly, that uh, I think uh, this is going to be uh, very valuable these Tuesday uh, shows are going to be very valuable to people focused <clears throat> on the special challenges of this COVID-19 pandemic time. This is not going to be forever. This is a season, uh, but we're going to be together in this season, and we're going to have good, solid information for people. I think this is going to be great. I, I agree. And, um, Spencer, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning. I know mornings are your you know, busy time in your world, and uh, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us for this hour and, and, and you know, share your knowledge and your expertise and, and honestly, sage advice. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. I really appreciate being here. And thank you, Joe. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, Spencer Kelly, uh, Regatta Capital Group. And thank you, Kelly. 
Thank you, Joe. I will be talking to you again on Friday. And uh, of course, uh, we'll be we will be back for our regular uh, Thursday and Friday shows, ladies and gentlemen. So just ask your favorite smart speaker. Hey Siri, uh, uh, Google, Alexa. Ask your favorite smart speaker for the the podcast of your choice, the the South Bay Show. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>